back to the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back in to the Ticket Water Cooler. Nick Sainert hanging out with you guys. Rashawn and Terrell have both stood up, left the booth momentarily. We'll see if they come back. Who knows where those two guys are. Um, I'm still recovering from the little shakeup that I had in knocker ball against uh, Terrell and VJ. Or I guess I just went against Terrell. Or excuse me, VJ. Didn't really go up against Terrell. Terrell got knocked back so hard, he, he, <laughs> he instantly... Uh, dropped to the ground and he, he got that backpack that bout that knocker ball off so quick um, and he and he started heading back to the booth but now if you want to go see the video of uh, me going against VJ it is now on my Twitter Nick underscore Sainert um, once again on Twitter we are live at the Lincoln Business Expo here at Pinnacle Bank Arena we will be here until 2 p.m. so we'll have the rest of the water cooler and then Rico will join me at 1 p.m. for the um, what's it called for the the happy hour and that will be till 2 p.m. But the Lincoln Business Expo today goes until 3. So you still have plenty of time to come on down here. Check out. There's a lot of cool booths. Gotten to meet a lot of cool people um, as well. Had some delicious coffee. But we're next to Beatrice Bakery. They're giving away a 5-pound tin of fruitcake. Yes, you heard that right. A 5-pound tin of fruitcake. It's got a nice little decorative. Um, David, can you hand me that lid for the tin so I can show the stream here? Just the lid. So holiday season's coming up, folks. And this is a perfect, now Now you eat the fruitcake. Don't give your family the fruitcake. You eat the fruitcake all by yourself. But you can uh, enter it, have a nice little decorative tin for the holiday season, and you will be all good to go. Obviously, we are live on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Um, you can also chime into the show through the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685 um, as well. Once again, we're live at Pinnacle Bank Arena, the Lincoln Business Expo. You can come on by if you are a part of a business, have a business card, Come on by, drop your little business card in the little tup or tin that we have standing on our table, and you can register uh, your business at our booth and have a chance at 30, 30 free 30-second commercials. Um, but we're also, like I said, live with uh, Beatrice Bakery and Teammates, who is a couple uh, spots down from us. The Teammates Mentoring Hour, by the way, tonight from 6 to 7 p.m., um, so make sure you come on down. Local businesses are excited to show you what they're made of as you network in one of the region's largest trade shows. Here's the best part. Admission is free. Networking is all free. Um, come on down. You can also, I was walking around, and there's a craft beer tour happening at 1 p.m. So I'm going to definitely uh, make my way over there at some point. It's from 1 to 3. Like I said, this place is open till 3. But make sure you come on down. Admission is free, and you can uh, try out the craft beer tour um, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And you can also get a free Lincoln T-shirt. Um, so once again, water cooler sponsored by Wingstop. Terrell and Vershawn and I did a little bit of knocker ball earlier. Like I said, if you want to see the videos, it's up on my Twitter, Nick underscore Sainert as well. Okay, so Rico, like I said, will join us. I'm not sure. I, th I know they're filming a commercial back at the studio. Rico, do we have you by chance? Or are you still, still doing the, the commercial here? I'm kind of here. I'm kind of not. All right, sounds good. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and kind of just go solo if you're able to jump in and, and for, you know, a little bit longer, go ahead and, and do that. I, I, now, Husker bye week, obviously, coming up. I wanted to talk about, uh, Rico and I talked about it a little bit last week as well, um, but there's a, a game in the Big Ten happening this weekend, and it's between the, one of the worst offenses in the country and the best offense in the country. It's Iowa versus Ohio State. And the uh, here's the funny thing about it, guys. 
So when you look at the differences in quarterback statistics for Iowa and Ohio State, we all know how bad Spencer Petras is. Spencer Petras has one of the worst QBRs. Now, we've had a pretty big sample size of the season, so I, Spencer Petras has one of the worst QBRs in the country. Um, obviously, Iowa is struggling. They don't have as good of a running game as they usually do. Their, their defense is strong, but, man, that offense is bad. You have the whole drama happening with Kirk Ferentz saying, why make a change at quarterback? Do you seriously think that we'd be better with our backup quarterback? You have your head coach saying that. You have the whole drama with, with Brian Ferentz, the offense coordinator, and the, the situation of whether or not Kirk will ever be able to fire um, his his son. And it might be one of those things where the athletic director has to fire um, the, the son instead of head coach Kirk Ferentz. So there's a lot of stuff happening right now at Iowa but more importantly, so Spencer Petrus going up against C.J. Stroud, as we know, C.J. Stroud, one of the leaders for the Heisman. It's really right now, if we had to take a take a, a second to look at the, the whole quarterback landscape in the country, Chase Brown is about to enter his name into the conversation, you know, securely. Let's hope he kind of takes a step back when they play Nebraska here in two weeks. But Chase Brown's in that discussion. Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan, is in that discussion. But the two front runners, Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, who obviously beat out uh, Bryce Young in Alabama this last Saturday, and then C.J. Stroud. So this game between Ohio State and Iowa is happening this week, and I need to make sure that I can uh, find the game because I was looking at the statistics for quarterbacks today, and they are glaringly different. So let me just read you off Spencer Petrus's stats. Now, if Iowa had Tyler Goodson or Akram Wadley, Akram Wadley, I've said his name about four times in the last three days, which is kind of weird. I need to stop talking about Iowa or thinking about the Hawkeyes so much. But here's the thing. Spencer Petras on the season has 939 passing yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. Really, really bad. Really, really bad. Iowa does not score very well. Um, I'll say this also. Their leading running back has 236 rushing yards on the season. So it's not even like they have a 1,000-yard guy already. They are just playing really, really poorly on offense. They're winning games like 7-5 to five and 9-7, to seven and, and I think their highest points on the season was 27 that they scored against Nevada, and if you haven't seen Nevada, Nevada's not very good. Um, but C.J. Stroud, once again, Ohio State number two in the country. My pick at the beginning of the season to actually win the national championship along with C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman. Here's the deal. C.J. Stroud on the year, 1,737 yards has the same amount of interceptions as Spencer Petras, three, but has a lot more touchdown passes, 24 touchdowns compared to Spencer Petras's two on the season. Now, here's the deal, guys. I, me, Rico and I were kind of deciding what the spread would be for this game, and we didn't really know, um, you know how, where to put it because you see Georgia having the spread of 38 against Vanderbilt, and Ohio State has a way better offense than Georgia. Um, now, Georgia's defense is probably better than Ohio State's. But here's the deal. The spread started at 29 for this Ohio State-Iowa game, and I thought it was going to be a little bit larger than that. And I was not surprised if it was going to be in the 30s, in all honesty. But here's the funnier part. The over-under in this game is 49. I don't. It's going to be the lowest over-under in an Ohio State game this season, which is crazy to think about because they're predicting the score to be 39-8. to 39 to 8 is what they predict the score to be. Um, how does Iowa get eight points? Who knows? Maybe they'll go for two after a touchdown. Um, but they're saying that it's going to be 39 to 8 to be a, uh, to be exact. According to ESPN, they're saying it's going to be 39 to 9 is going to be 
the uh, the score for this Ohio State-Iowa game. This one's going to be kicking off at 11 a.m. on Fox. Here's the deal. It's also the big noon kickoff from Columbus, and yikes. It's going to be great, though, to uh, be able to see Iowa get blown out on um, – on, on national TV like Fox. Tyler asked on the text line, once again, you guys can chime in all show long. I'll be, we'll be here till 2. I'm not going to take any more breaks. Vershawn was able to, to hold, over, hold down the fort for the first hour and a half or so, or I guess two and a half hours, and then now I'll take over, and, and Rico will join me here in a little bit back from the studio. But once again, we are live at the Lincoln Business Expo. You guys can chime into the show, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. All those avenues able for you to uh, interact with the show. Tyler asks, who does Illinois play this week? Any chance someone can beat them up a bit before they come here? Unfortunately, Tyler, a little, Tyler, a little bit of bad news. Illinois does not play this week, so... You're going to have a fresh fighting Illini squad coming in to uh, Lincoln. But the good news, I suppose, on the other hand, is you're going to have a fresh Nebraska squad. Hopefully, Casey Thompson, and I, I've said this before on, on various shows, and especially on the Husker after-party post-game show on, on Saturday night after the Purdue game, it was extremely telling when Casey Thompson got up to the podium and one of the first things he said was, I'm, 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 re- I, I'm looking forward to rest. I'm, I'm hurting bad. I'm hurting in a lot of places. And, and it's one of those things where it, it's it's very telling how much he's in, not in pain necessarily, but just banged up. And I, I think that's going to be crucial here. If you remember back at the start of the season, if you remember back at the start of the season, what were a lot of us saying? And it was a schedule discussion, and, and that's kind of gone by the wayside, especially how poor Nebraska played in their first couple games. And I think we all expected the defense to be a little bit better as well. But what did we say? Man, looking at those last five games of the season, Nebraska's got to have close to a winning record, and it's going to be a grueling last five games. You have Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, not necessarily in that order, but you have those five teams on your schedule in November, and and here we are. And unfortunately, Nebraska is 3-4 and four overall. You have a banged-up quarterback. You have a below-average offensive line. And now I think everything that we were saying prior to the season when talking about these last five games is even of the of more importance and when you're talking about how physical these guys these opponents will be especially up front in the trenches it worries me a little bit as a Husker fan it worries me not only for our running back Anthony Grant but especially Casey Thompson um and I don't know how many of you folks listening out there were were listening or watching the the Michigan Penn State game but holy smokes Michigan dominates up front Blake Corum is an exceptional athlete in the backfield and it worries me a little bit. Nebraska's got to figure out some way. But I thought it was extremely telling when Casey Thompson got up to the podium and said something along the lines of, listen, I'm just burnt. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I've taken, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of hits and a lot of shots here early on in the season. Well, halfway through the season now. Because if you think about it, a couple weeks ago in one of the weekly press conferences, Casey got up to the podium in Memorial Stadium on the sixth floor and said, listen, I've taken shots in the jaw. I've taken shots in the shoulders. I've had AC pro- AC joint problems, which is in the shoulder as well. He, he's bruised and battered. And that's only going to get worse, especially when you're playing the, the, the programs like Illinois and the programs like Minnesota, that especially now Minnesota, they're going to look for even more of a boost on their offensive line because Tanner Morgan is out for who knows how long. That looked like a pretty gruesome injury that he, uh, that he suffered in Saturday's loss against Illinois. Now, here's the thing, and we all know Brett Bielema, 
prioritizes the offensive line. We know that um, for sure. Here, here's how much he prioritizes the offensive line. If you look at game notes for Illinois, and I'm talking about the game notes that they hand out to the media members and, and things like that, offensive line is listed above any other position. Any other position. He does not care because he understands you can't have a successful running back, you can't have a successful offense, or excuse me, quarterback, you can't have a successful offense if the offensive line is not getting a push up front. The running game opens up the passing game and vice versa. you got to protect your quarterback. Now Tommy DeVito, the Syracuse transfer, who is the starting quarterback for Illinois, has been banged up a little bit. He was a game-time decision on Saturday against Minnesota. He ended up playing, had a pretty decent game as well. So they seem to be doing just fine. And and Brett Bielema has done a quick turnaround, which I suppose here's the deal, guys. And and I don't want to get into necessarily a coaching discussion, but I guess that's a good transition for this one. And I've mentioned this, of course, on, on various post-game shows a couple weeks with, with Jake Bachoven. And it's one of those things where I, I keep telling Husker fans, try to live in the moment. Try to live in the moment. Now, this moment that we're in right now with Nebraska being 3-4 and four and struggling a little bit, especially their defense, um, especially a defense that Trev Albert said on the radio last night, Nick Henrich kind of or may be out for, for a substantial amount of time. You have uh, don't know what the status of Luke Reimer is, but you hopefully that you hope that this bye week can can kind of benefit him and getting a little healthier. But here's the thing: live in the moment, Husker fans, because here I, I, there's going to be so many names that pop up over the course of various weeks. I mean, think back to September 11th. Um, shout out to Taylor from Lincoln's Pub. There he is. Go over to Lincoln's Pub, uh, 48th and Layton, underneath the flats. You have Lincoln's Pub, Dak Shack. You got the uh, you got the the Crab Rangoon Pizza or the, the Crab Rangoon Pizza. You got plenty of specials. The smoothies you can put booze in your smoothies and shakes. It's just a great decision. So head over there to uh, Dak Shack and Lincoln's Pub on uh, over there on 48th and Layton. See you later, Taylor. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the deal. Going back to this coaching decision, um, you have. Uh, I mean, think about the names that we heard right on September 11th or that week following. It was Urban Meyer. It was uh, Dave Aranda, Matt Campbell, and like here, like now those guys are losing. They're out of the top twenty-five. Lance Leipold's out of the top twenty-five. So how big of a hire would those be? And now you're starting to hear names, Chris Peter. Like in the span of just a couple weeks, in the span of just a couple weeks, the names have completely flip-flops. Guys that coaches that you were never even thinking about back then are now being talked about. And the guys that were being talked about are not even on Husker fans' radar anymore. And it's one of those things where you kind of just have to live in the moment. And this is the only one of the negatives about firing a coach so early into the season, which Nebraska needed to. They needed to. They needed to change the direction. They needed a fresh voice and fresh perspective. But one of the bad things about it is now you have a big lull. You just have a lot of time in between having a full-time permanent head coach and have it, figuring out who the next leader is going to be, a permanent leader, I should say, because Mickey Joseph's in, in, in his in his role and doing a great job, in my opinion, um, energy-wise, and, and honestly, it's transitioned to the field quicker than I personally expected. So it's one of those things where I keep telling Husker fans, um, I just got asked today, actually, by one of the one of the booths that I was talking to, what do you think the coaching situation is going to, how, how do you think it's going to end up? You know, what, do you think Mickey Joseph's made his way into being a... a, a a serious candidate. Where do you think Mickey Joseph is on the list? DP asked me last Friday on, on Old School when I filled in for, for Nate, who's your, or excuse me, somebody asked me top three. I don't even remember if it was DP for sure. But it was, who's your top three? 
And I sat there and I go, I don't know. Because you had so many names flip-flopped, inserted here, then taken out, and you just have so much uh, change that it's only October 19th. And if it's a sitting head coach, which I would tour, I would lean towards, you're not going to know it until the season's over, until that coach's season's over. Um, or and, and it's one of those things where if it's Mickey Joseph, great. But when will we find out? Like It's one of those things where I just keep saying, just live in the moment, enjoy the moment, cheer on Mickey Joseph, cheer on the Huskers, because they're going to figure out a way to get it done, hopefully. Um, and, and if I understand they, Nebraska lost to Purdue on Saturday. But if you would have told me that a team that was extremely thin at linebacker, did not have Luke Reimer, had to insert uh, Ernest Hausman in there, who's a freshman, burn his red shirt, and Nick Henrich got taken out of the game due to an injury. Who knows how long he's going to be out. Well, here's the deal. I would have said, man, against Purdue, a team that likes to throw the ball, they stretch the field. Speaking of linebackers, they have Payne Durham at tight end. They're going to they're gonna really pick you apart. Especially, oh, don't forget, you have a true freshman starting at defense back in Malcolm Hartzog. You have Quentin Newsom, who's been banged up with a groin injury. You just have so many of these these injuries and, and little bit of uh, very or uncontrollable variables happening within the, the course of a game and, and season in these last couple weeks that for Nebraska to win two Big Ten games, it's impressive. For Mickey Joseph to figure out a way to kind of rally this team around him and around the coaches that are still there is impressive. Are there things that they need to fix? Absolutely. Are there things that they're going to have to focus on more than others? 100%. But at right now, all I'm saying is Nebraska's 3-4. and four. They are not out of the bowl game. Wisconsin's having a bad year. Wisconsin just lost to Michigan State on the road. And how bad was Michigan State? How, how, much, how much were we talking about Michigan State and how they were having a horrible year, a down year with Mel Tucker? Quite a bit. We were talking, man, Mel Tucker can't live off the transfer portal anymore. Can't live off the transfer portal. You're not going to get a Kenneth Walker every single year. And that's probably true. But, man, Mickey Joseph won two games. Jim Leonard, who, once again, was one of the main candidates that we heard right out of the, right out of the gate for Nebraska, lost to Michigan State this last weekend. And that's with Braylon Allen, who came into this year, had a success, an incredible season last year, and came into this year as a possible Heisman guy and a Doak Walker Award finalist. I, I'm just saying, like, we sit here, and, and Nebraska's struggling. They absolutely are. And they're, they're beaten and they're battered. They're banged up. Now, I, I do think just live in the moment a little bit. And I understand. I, I'm curious, too, about the coaching. I'm curious, too, about these these mutually agreed upon metrics that Scott Frost and Trev Alberts, you know, agreed to months and months ago. And we can get into all that. And I'm, I'm totally fine having that conversation. I, I just want it to be very, I, I, want it, I want Husker fans to live in the moment because every win that Nebraska gets is phenomenal. And it's, it's shocking because Mickey Joseph has been able to do something. Here, here I'll say this as we close out this hour because uh, we're about to get to the top of the hour and get into the happy hour. Um, once again, you guys, uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Hammond text line. Mickey Joseph, and I put this on Twitter. Most people, I put this on Twitter after Nebraska won against, oh, I believe, Indiana, because it was coming out of that bye week. In two weeks, in two weeks, after Mickey Joseph was named the interim head coach, he was able to do something that Scott Frost could not in the entirety of four years. What was that, you ask? Win a game... Nonetheless, a Big Ten game following a bye week. 
following a bye week. That, like that, that is something that you can hang your hat on. And I understand it's a small sample size of what we've seen from Coach Mickey Joseph. From interim, from head coach, whatever you want to title him, head coach Mickey Joseph. We saw something that we had not seen over the last four years. And just enjoy it. Because, we, like, here's the deal. It's been a rough five, six, seven years for Nebraska football. It's been a rough seven years to be a fan of Nebraska football. Trust me, I, I'm living with it. I'm living through it with you guys. But live in the moment, enjoy it, because I don't know if you guys saw that picture on Twitter yesterday from Husker Football Nation, but Mickey Joseph has the guys in the huddle, and where's everybody's eyes? On Mickey Joseph. On Mickey Joseph. And it's one of those things, as we have these conversations going forward about who the next head coach is going to be, and there will be plenty of conversations. You'll probably hear it on our show, on me and Rico's show, because it's, it's interesting to think about. But as we go forward, enjoy the moment, live it up, and just be happy when you get the wins, whether it's against Indiana and Rutgers or whether it's against Illinois and the FBS leading rusher Chase Brown. Live in the moment because, man, they have been, scar- spar- uh, they've been uh, scarce over the last couple of years. It's been a great time. Uh, here at the Lincoln Business Expo. We're not done yet. Jake dropped off some uh, marshmallow treats in front of me, so I'm going to have to nibble on these here as well. But we are live at the Lincoln Business Expo here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. We will be here for one more hour. One more hour. But we'll stick around. The uh, expo goes until 3 o'clock. Rico will join me on the other side probably from the studio as long as he's available. Come by and register if you're a part of a business at our booth and have a chance at 30 free 30-second commercials. We're next to Beatrice Bakery. We're next to teammates. Rashawn Jackson's in the building. Rick Myers in the building. Jake's somewhere around here. And I will talk to you guys after this break. <laughs>